The race to 5G is on, and the battle for talent is getting fierce. Welcome to 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, a podcast dedicated to helping you face the future workforce head on. Navigate this challenging talent landscape with innovative strategies to attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. Only here on 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, CEO of Broadstaff Talent Solutions. Thanks for joining me today on 5G Talent Talk. I'm Carrie Charles, your host. And my special guest today is Ishwar Parulkar. He is the Chief Technologist for Telecom and Edge Cloud at Amazon Web Services. Ishwar, thank you for joining me today. I'm so excited about this conversation. Uh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to talk to you today. So you have a very interesting path to technology, telecom, to the seat that you're in today. So please share that with us. Yeah, so I've been in the tech field for over a couple of decades and have had the fortune of working for some of the most innovative companies and work on some of the key technology inflections that have happened. So I started my career at Apple straight out of graduate school. I spent a few years there. Then I worked at Sun Microsystems, which is no longer exists, but was a high-flying tech company at that point. Then I moved to Cisco Systems and now I'm at AWS for about seven years Every few years, I've kind of, as you can see from the path, I've changed technology areas to keep up to date with the latest technology, try to do something different. But I've always brought experience from the previous space to the new space. Last few years before AWS, we at Cisco Systems, where I was the chief architect CTO for their telco business. And in 2015, I was looking at some of the emerging technologies, software-defined networking, 5G virtualized networks, mobile edge computing. I started some industry initiatives in that space. But soon came to the realization that cloud could transform this industry in a big way. I was convinced that this would happen at some point, which is what brought me to AWS in 2016. And I spent the first couple of years in AWS convincing the AWS and the cloud experts about telco and the what cloud could do for the telco and vice versa, kind of educating the telco execs on what the cloud was capable of doing. And that's kind of been my journey since joining AWS is convincing the cloud to invest in telco, build some of the technology assets now that we have now, and kind of we are now well on our path to influencing and transforming the telco industry. Yes, you are. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more in a minute. First, describe your role at AWS in, in further detail. Yeah, so I'm the chief technologist for Edge Cloud and Telecom at AWS. So AWS is a horizontal kind of developer environment, which caters to all kinds of developers. But there are a few verticals which we have identified as very strategic and unique in certain perspectives. The go-to-market motions are unique. There is an ecosystem of partners, vendors, standards, alliances, bodies. And some of the tech is very specific to that vertical. So telecom is one of those verticals that we are focused on. And I play the role of the CTO for this vertical. In that role, my job is to define the technology strategy, look at new products, new services, enhancements to existing services, specifically for telecom use cases and workloads, as well as working with execs from our customers, the telcos, to understand their business strategy, what their pain points, friction points are, and then bring that back to the company, to the technologist to start looking at how can we help solve those problems. And another piece of my role is evangelizing and explaining the value of the cloud and what we are doing in external forums, keynotes, at conferences, participating in standards, bodies, alliances, as well as doing things like this podcast. 
Well, tell us, how is cloud helping telcos and what will be the impact of cloud for the entire industry? So the cloud has a pretty big role to play in transforming telecoms. And we're looking at a few pillars. I can categorize them into three key pillars from a technology perspective in terms of what we're doing with telcos. The first one is cloudifying networks. So this is about running telco networks, now running and operating and building them using the cloud as an infrastructure. If you look at what happened in the telco industry in the last decade, network appliances, which used to be hardware-based, like routers and base stations, became virtualized. So are now implemented as software applications running on servers. So that's the transformation that happened about 10 years ago. And what we're doing is taking that a step further by enabling telcos to run these network appliances as software applications on cloud. So we have the regions, we built out what we call the edge cloud, which is cloud presence in the edge of the network, close to metros, close to the users. And across this whole continuum of cloud infrastructure, you can deploy network applications and build out a mobile network. So that's one big area. And this has the benefits of lower cost of ownership, operational simplicity. The way we operate the cloud today is very different than how networks are operated. You know, the cloud is 24-7. You don't bring down customers when you're doing an upgrade. It's all under the hood. And so we're bringing all of that to networks by running these networks on the cloud. So that's one key area. The second one is around monetizing their assets. So one of the things that telcos have had a challenge with in the last couple of decades is they've become more of a connectivity player only where a lot of the value has moved to over the top players where the players that stream data, that run applications, build applications on top of the network. So we are helping the telcos to kind of recoup some of that value by getting into new verticals and building new services. Uh, we're doing this in a couple of ways. One is really bringing the cloud to the edge of the network. So that way you can have applications running as part of cloud infrastructure, which is embedded in telco networks. Secondly, things like private networks, building private networks for enterprises, which can run on AWS as a managed service, but telcos offer them to verticals like healthcare, manufacturing, mining industries, and this opens up new businesses for them. So that was the second area. And the third big area is around data and artificial intelligence and machine learning. Now, this has become pervasive in all industries. Telcos have a lot of valuable data. They have data from customers, the applications that run, the type of devices that are run, as well as data from the network itself. And it's not been really tapped to the fullest extent. So what we are doing is helping telcos become more data-centric. This starts with modernizing the data platform, being able to manage data using modern cloud infrastructure, and then layering artificial intelligence and machine learning technologies on top of that data to really gain insights, to build new offerings, improve operations, and other such things. So it's kind of across the board, and we're seeing various levels of traction and adoption in the three different areas that I mentioned. But it's really exciting and encouraging to see how they have really adopted cloud as one of the key enablers in their transformation journey. I'm glad that you brought up artificial intelligence, Ishwar, and AI is transforming our world everywhere. So how will generative AI be utilized in the telecom industry? And maybe you can add some color to the difference of maybe generative versus, let's say, traditional AI. 
rightly pointed out, artificial intelligence and machine learning is kind of the next big transformation in the tech industry. I've seen several of these over my last two decades, and this is clearly a big one. And this has been happening for the last decade or so, where there's been very strong interest and in development of technology to make this really practical, useful, and cheap to implement. That's why you've been seeing a lot of uh, traction in this area. Machine learning models are based on prediction or classification of data. Generative AI is a huge step forward in this whole space. And it's happened in the last three, four years. And of course, ChatGPT last year really made a compelling case for the value of it, but it's been happening for the last four or five years, this whole transformation in terms of generative AI. And the big difference with generative AI is kind of three things. One is compute has become much, much cheaper and affordable. You need lots of compute to train machine learning neural network models. And that price point has really exploded in terms of becoming very affordable to run very large models. So that's number one. The second one is the amount of data available. Now, there's a very, very large corpus of data available. And that's, again, been increasing over the years, but it's kind of reached a very critical point where there's so much data that you can build really, really intelligent systems. And the third one was a fundamental innovation in the neural network architecture called the transformer architecture, which allows you to generate new content based on training very large models. So as I mentioned, the traditional techniques are more of predicting something. They're about classifying. This is about generating new content. So it's it's more creative in that sense. So you can generate new text. You can generate new images based on some simple prompts. And as you can see with ChatGPT, which is the most kind of compelling user-friendly use case, this is super powerful. You know, with a simple prompt, you get like a whole bunch of advice and a new text that's created, essays that can be written and so forth, right? But that's just one use case and application. If you expand this technology to kind of multiple domains, there's a lot of applications. It's a very, very powerful technology and a big transformation in the machine learning space. So then this has got to come with some challenges. So what are the challenges that you see with generative AI? So as with any new technology, there are challenges. Usually the compelling value part of it is seen and noticed first, which takes kind of, you know, hold of uh, folks' imagination that leads to more development and so forth. And then some of the reality challenges set in, right? So we are definitely looking at some challenges of this technology. So there are three primary challenges. One is security. The other one is around data privacy. And third one is around ethics. So the security and data privacy are kind of interrelated, but it's fundamentally about how do you maintain the privacy of data that is used to train these models? These models are trained on a large amount of data. So if you look at ChatGPT, it's, tra- it's trained on a whole bunch of documents that are publicly available. But the question arises in terms of whether when you want to train it with your data, when a customer, let's say a telco, wants to use their own data to train it, how does that data get handled in the model? Does it get reflected in the output? If somebody else uses the same model, is there leakage of that data and does it compromise the privacy of that data in terms of other customers using it? So there's uh, challenges of that nature is how do you use the data, enable the training of the models through that data without compromising the privacy or leakage of data to other interfaces and other customers, other users of that foundation model. So that's a big space where enterprises, telcos are very concern and keen on making sure these problems are handled. 
Then there's the ethics question as well. As I mentioned earlier, this is about generating new content, right? And these are machines. These are algorithms. They can come up with content that's offensive, that's sometimes incorrect. So there's a thing called hallucinations with generative AI, which is essentially the answer is wrong, but it gives it with such credibility that you're likely to believe it, right? So there's that. There's hallucinations. Then there's offensive content. There can be biases that can creep in, racial bias, gender bias. So all of these things need to be handled. The regulatory bodies are kind of, you know, on top of it, trying to figure out regulations that will need to be applied to the space. And more importantly, you would need tools for helping developers to manage all of this, to manage data privacy, to make sure that the applications are secure, to make sure that the output is ethically correct, is adheres to ethics, things like that. And that's where we are very focused on from an AWS perspective, because we are developer environment, if you have to look at it at one level, right? We don't just build foundation models, we build capabilities for application developers to develop applications. So we're looking at a lot of these things to handle this, the challenges that we're seeing coming up in generative AI. So you just said something important that we're going to need to developers to do this, right? And that brings me to the next question of people. How will the workforce be affected by this new technology? And I know that one thing that is on, I think, all of our minds in society today is, will we need less people? I mean, that's the question, right? Is it going to be less people? Will it be more people? Do we all need to upskill, reskill like you did yourself in your career? I mean, you said, look, I'm going to learn about something new and I'm going to get to take this road because I see the future. I mean, do we all need to be sitting there? I know that's a lot of questions in one, but let's start with how will the workforce be affected? Yeah, so it's very clear that generative AI, AI in general and generative AI in particular will increase productivity, will automate several of the tasks that are being done manually today by a lot of people. But to me, this only increases the opportunities and the economic value that is created in society. You just have to look at technology transitions in the past. And if you go back to the industrial revolution as an example, or even personal computers when they came up in the in 1980s, initially there was a fear, this is going to take away jobs, you don't need people anymore. But what the industrial revolution did was just create like a massive economy where there was just more opportunity and more jobs. Same with personal computers. So I firmly believe that this is a big opportunity for improving productivity and for the economy to grow and really get into bigger things that society can do once we have some of these technology handling some of the tasks that are more manual. But the key here is upskilling yourself, the companies, so individuals as well as corporations in terms of developing new skills, accepting firstly that this transformation is going to happen and change the way a lot of things will be done, adopt it and then start retraining folks to understand the technology, get into higher levels of skills that can leverage this technology to build even more interesting applications, products, services, and just get the best out of what the human brain is still capable of. So we need to, as you said, obviously prepare the workforce for this transformation. And I know that AWS has tools and actually an innovation center we talked a little bit about. So can you discuss how we would prepare the workforce? Also, what's available throughout AWS? So this is something we at AWS put a lot of emphasis on. We're talking about AI and machine learning here right now. 
But even the cloud was a big, big change for a lot of people. When the cloud came about, if you roll back a few years, it was a very new way of developing applications that required training. So we've done, we've been doing this right from the inception of the cloud is certification and training programs that are geared towards training people in cloud skills in how do you program, how do you build applications using cloud services. So as an example, one of the efforts and goals we have is to train 29 million individual people through freely offered AWS training programs to get them to become experts in cloud development skills. So this is a goal we have set for general cloud skills itself. In the AI space, we created a center called the Innovation Center. And this is a center that has experts ranging from strategists to engineers, machine learning engineers to machine learning scientists, solution architects, product managers, business development folk who will help customers and other developers who want to adopt this technology in understanding this technology and not only just understanding this technology, but really thinking through what the strategy should be, what type of products they can develop and help them through their journey of even developing some of these products and applications using this technology. And this is beyond just the products and services we build. We have products and services that we are building in Generative AI. We have Bedrock, which is a managed service to help build Generative AI applications. We have our own applications like Code Whisper. But this is on top of that. This is for training, educating, and helping customers and developers go through the journey of transforming their companies using this technology. Ishwar, you said 29 million people is your goal? to train and educate. I mean, that's significant. I mean, you're making such an impact and really helping the world upskill. You're helping to solve this potential challenge or problem, right? I love that. I think I'm going to be one of those 29 million, right? I'm going to raise my hand because (laughs) I'm fascinated with this and it's coming, right? I mean, we need to be prepared. That leads me to my next question, which is preparing the workforce is one thing, but How should telco leaders be preparing themselves and their organizations for what's right around the corner? I mean, what's here right now? So I think it's very fundamental when there's a technology shift to be aware of it and really understand and adopt it, right? So I think what telco leaders need to do here is firstly accept that this is going to be a big change. It's going to transform the industry, not only the telco industry, but several industries. So that's number one. The second one is getting educated on the technology, right? And there are different levels. I mean, there's AWS, which is kind of the foundation of some of the technology. There's people who are building foundational models. Telcos are not going to do any of this, right? So, But they need to understand the technology in terms of what the value is, what are the trade-offs, and how they can use it to their advantage. So that's the second piece, is really understanding the technology. The third one is building bridges and partnerships with uh, companies like AWS and others who are building foundational models to start engaging in terms of solving business problems, improving productivity, finding use cases where it really makes sense for them to adopt this technology. And lastly, it's about changing the internal mindset these new technologies, telcos have been, it's a more traditional sector, which has been around for several decades, very successful, has transformed society in large, significant way. But this is new stuff. So there needs to be a change of mindset. And we saw this with the adoption of the cloud, that they had to really change the mindset in within the company, within their engineers, within their operational folk, 
to understand and adopt to how the cloud works. So the same thing needs to happen here is changing the mindset. And related to that is what we discussed earlier, which is retraining, getting these employees to understand the new technology, develop new skills. So there's that transformation of the workforce that also needs to happen along with this. I'm feeling inspired. I think there's a lot of possibility ahead of us. Ishwar, this has been a fantastic conversation. I know I've learned a lot. And I just want to thank you for coming on the show today. It's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed the conversation as well. And I hope your audience as well enjoys this. I'm sure they have. Thank you. We'll talk soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another informative episode of 5G Talent Talk brought to you by RCR Wireless News, Telecom Careers, and Broadstaff Talent Solutions. As we advance into the future, we promise to bring you the resources you need to navigate this ever-changing landscape of 5G to help you attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. To access the show notes or leave a review, visit broadstaffglobal.com. Until next time.